0: you're listening to the bible speaks to you podcast i'm james early this is the place to explore and rediscover the original christianity of jesus each week we take a fresh look at the bible and dig down beneath the surface of things to get at the deep spiritual meaning and how to apply it in our daily lives my goal is to help you learn to pray more effectively to experience God's healing presence in your life, and to get a taste of what Jesus meant when he promised us that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So, let's jump right in. Hey there, and welcome again to The Bible Speaks to You podcast. This is episode number 49. Our topic today is How does God choose leaders? But before we jump into that, as I mentioned last week, the one year anniversary of the Bible Speaks to You podcast is coming up in October, just a few weeks from now. And to celebrate, I would really appreciate if you could send me an experience you've had where you have taken something from the podcast. An idea that was helpful that you've put into practice in your daily life, and then share the difference that it has made. Then I will take some of those comments and share them on an episode sometime in October just to give everyone listening an idea of what's been helpful to you, and then we can all learn from each other. Just go to the website, thebiblespeaks2you.com, click on the Contact tab in the menu bar. Fill out your name and email. And if you don't mind, please include where you're from. I think it would be fun for everyone to know where people are listening to the Bible Speaks to You podcast. And just to make it a little easier, if you are on my email notification list, I'll send out a special request via email, and you can just respond to that email at your convenience in the next week or so. I really appreciate you doing this. I think it'll give us a sense of what a difference one simple idea can make in our lives. I can't wait to hear your responses and share them with everyone who listens to the podcast. Okay, now we're going to jump into our topic. How does God choose leaders? This is a really timely topic. Here in the United States, we have a general election coming up all the way from the president of the United States down to state and some local elections. Even if you're listening to this months later and there is no election going on, the ideas here still apply because we're always making choices. Maybe you have to decide who to hire at your work. Maybe you are trying to decide who to marry. Maybe it's just who do you get to paint your house? We make choices all the time of who we want to associate with, who we choose and elect to be in charge of things. This could apply at church, too, if you're in a, in a church where you vote on certain officers. So we're going to talk today about how God chooses leaders. There are a lot of places in the Bible, and we're going to talk about a few of them, where God puts his stamp of approval on someone or reveals exactly who he wants to do a particular thing, whether it's be king or be the leader of the army or whatever it might be. The question is, how do we get in tune with the way God chooses his leaders? We don't always do that. And in the Bible, there are lots of occasions where When a new king did not obey God's commandments, he listened to his advisors, he listened to his friends, and did not listen to the prophets of the Lord. There are many times today when the same thing happens. Leaders are influenced by their own opinions or other people's opinions without turning to God for direction. What we're going to see with these stories in the Bible that we're going to talk about today is how God chooses someone to do something whose heart is right with God. Now, that doesn't mean they're perfect, but there's a difference between a righteous heart and a wicked heart, between an unselfish heart and an egotistic heart. The first example is King Saul the children of Israel were tired of being led by the prophets and the judges. All the other countries around them had kings, and so they went to Samuel the prophet and said, we want a king too. Well, Samuel was really disappointed because he felt like if they would just let God be their king, everything would be fine, but they wanted to be like everybody else. So God said, okay, fine, and they'll have to learn from their choices. In First Samuel chapter ten, verse one, Samuel took a flask of oil and poured it on Saul's head and kissed him and said, "Has not the Lord anointed you to be prince or leader over his people Israel?" And Saul did a fine job as king for a while. He did what God told him to, but there were times when he disobeyed. In First Samuel chapter thirteen. Samuel comes to Saul and says, Now your kingdom shall not continue. The Lord has sought out a man after his own heart, and the Lord has commanded him to be the prince over his people because you have not kept what the Lord commanded you. Saul was still king for a while, but he was getting a taste that when he was not following what God wanted him to do in the way he was ruling the people and the way he was taking care of things, that was not acceptable to God. So then in First Samuel chapter 15, and I'm not going to quote the whole chapter, but Saul disobeys God's command and loses God's blessing as king. And he repents on the surface but it's not really enough to make things right at this point. There's something in his heart that is not right with God. This grieves Samuel. Samuel had put his trust in Saul, and he felt like Saul had let him down. But Saul had really let down the whole nation because his heart was not right with God. Then in chapter 16 of First Samuel, God says to Samuel, how long are you going to grieve over Saul? I have rejected him. Okay, just get over it already. Fill your horn with oil, and I'm going to send you to Jesse, the Bethlehemite. I have provided for myself a king among his sons. Samuel obeys God. He hears God's voice, and I think this is a really important thing. Samuel listens for God's voice do we listen for God's voice when we are voting for someone? Usually we listen to our own voice. We often listen to the voices of others, and we are swayed by what people say, whether it's the candidate or the guy down the street or the person on the news. Everybody's telling you what to think and how to think and why this person is right and that person is wrong. If you only listen to one side of a situation, you're going to be inclined to agree with everything they say because you don't have a different perspective. If you listen just to the other side of things, you're going to be swayed that way. So, we're going to learn a few lessons from Samuel when he goes to Jesse and his sons. He comes in and he looks at Eliab. Eliab is Jesse's oldest son. And Samuel says, Surely the Lord's anointed is before him. This is 1 Samuel 16, verse 6. Samuel looked at how tall and handsome the guy is. That's what a king looks like. But verse 7 says, The Lord said to Samuel, Do not look on his appearance or on the height of his stature, because I have rejected him. Can't you imagine Samuel thinking, Why, Lord? Here he is. He looks like a king. But then God says, The Lord sees not as man sees. Man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. This is the clue that we will see throughout the Bible when God chooses someone for a purpose. And this is what we should try to follow. We can make all kinds of justification for the choices we make and who we vote for. This is so true here. Man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. We need to learn to look on the heart of someone. That's what we need to pray about is for God to show us what's on that person's heart. Verse 8, then Jesse called Abinadab, the next son, and he passed before Samuel. And Samuel said, nope, the Lord has not chosen him either. And Jesse made Shammah pass by, and Samuel said, Nope. So Jesse had seven of his sons come to Samuel, and Samuel said to Jesse, Nope, none of these are the one. Is there anybody left? We all know the story. Jesse says, Well, there's the youngest, but he's out taking care of the sheep. And Samuel says, Well, go get him. We're not going to sit down until he comes. So he sent and brought him in. And instantly God says, Arise, anoint him, for this is he. And so Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brothers. And the Spirit of the Lord rushed upon David from that day forward. Don't you love that? The Spirit rushed upon him. Because he was chosen by God, here was a man whose heart was right. He was not the biggest and strongest of his brothers. He was the smallest. He was the youngest. But God saw what was in his heart. So let's talk just a minute about this. At one point, Saul's heart was right, but he made mistakes. He did things that he wasn't supposed to. Well, we know that King David did too. He committed adultery, he numbered the people. Those things displeased God. But David deeply repented for those things. And even though there were those mistakes, his heart in general was toward God. No leader or elected official that we choose today, no one at church, no spouse, no person you hire to do some job is going to be perfect. People will make mistakes. But one of the questions we have to ask ourselves is when this person makes a mistake, is there any record of how they've responded? do they repent do they apologize do they acknowledge the mistakes they made or do they make excuses and blame others that's something we need to think about when we are choosing who we want to lead us let's go to the new testament now and look at some of the people god chose for very special roles first we're going to talk about zacharias and his wife elizabeth this is from luke chapter 1 verses 5 and 6 In the days of Herod king of Judah, there was a priest named Zacharias of the division of Abijah, and he had a wife from the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. Now here's the clue. And they were both righteous before God, walking blamelessly in all the commandments and statutes of the Lord. People love to say, oh, well, God chooses sinners throughout the Bible to do his work. Yes, that's true. I'm sure that Zacharias and Elizabeth had made some mistakes, had sinned in some way. But in general, they are being acknowledged that they were blamelessly walking in the commandments and statutes of the Lord. They were both righteous before God. God saw them as righteous people. That's why God chose them to be the parents of John the Baptist, who then would be the one to prepare the way for Jesus, the Messiah, to come. So now let's talk about Mary, the mother of Jesus. Was she just any normal person? Did God just randomly pick someone to be Jesus's mother? I don't think so. Listen to what it says later in chapter 1 of Luke. This is verse 26 through 28. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. We know these words, they're written on our hearts. But listen one more time in a fresh way to what the angel Gabriel said to Mary. Verse 28 And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. And some manuscripts add, Blessed are you among women. There was something special about Mary. There was something pure and righteous and holy that was pleasing to God. And that's who God chose to be the mother of Jesus. It was Mary's heart that he saw, and it pleased him. Some people love to talk about, well, God used pagan kings to carry out his will. That's true. You have Osiris and Nebuchadnezzar and others in the Old Testament that God used to orchestrate events in a certain way. But God never chose those people to be king of Israel. God can work through anyone to accomplish his purposes, and he does all the time. Probably the supreme example of that is in the fact that Jesus chose Judas Iscariot as one of his disciples. Jesus knew from the beginning that Judas was going to betray him. He says in John chapter 6 verses 70 and 71, Did I not choose you, the twelve, and yet one of you is a devil? He spoke of Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, for he, one of the twelve, was going to betray him. So God can use anyone. Jesus looked on Judas's heart and saw what was there, but he picked him because that was the purpose that Judas was to fulfill. God must have told Jesus to pick Judas as one of his disciples because Jesus says, and I quote this a lot, Jesus says, I don't do anything unless the Father tells me. I only do what I see the Father doing. He did pick Judas as one of the twelve, but he did not appoint Judas to be in a position of authority as he did with Peter. When Peter acknowledged that Jesus was the Messiah, the Son of God, in Matthew 16, Jesus said, I give you the keys of the kingdom, the ability to recognize who I am. That's a rock, and that's what I'm founding my church on. Jesus was basically giving a vote of confidence to Peter in a leadership role of the church he did not give that role to judas iscariot we need a few samuels today that can even in spite of their own personal preferences or preconceptions to hear god's voice there's one more example that i want to share with you when people had to make a choice on a position of leadership and this is after jesus's crucifixion and resurrection actually after the ascension all the followers of Jesus are meeting, and they realize they need to select someone to fill Judas's spot. This is in Acts chapter 1, verses 23 through 26. They were looking for people who had been with Jesus the whole time throughout the ministry, and they put forward two Joseph, called Barsabbas, who was also called Justice, and Matthias. And they prayed and said, You, Lord, who know the hearts of all, show which one of these two you have chosen to take the place in this ministry and apostleship, from which Judas turned aside to go his own place. And they cast lots for them, and the lot fell on Matthias, and he was numbered with the eleven apostles. So they were seeking guidance directly from God. They had two good choices before them, there's a big difference. Let's just look at the election in the United States. Or if you're in another country, sometimes you think one candidate is good and the other one is bad. And the other people think their candidate is good and your candidate is bad. Some people think both candidates are bad. And it's the lesser of evils that you're voting for. All these things are human perspectives and our human opinions sometimes have some light in them, but they're still our human perspective. When these disciples were praying on who should fill Judas's spot, they asked God to show them. They said, God, you know everyone's heart. It was based on what was in their heart, not the policies that they promised. It was was not based on what they said they were going to do. I would imagine that neither Justice nor Matthias were campaigning. They were both probably very well qualified. They were not out there putting up banners that said vote for me, very unlike the political situation today. But the clue is they were voting about how God saw these men's hearts. And it didn't mean there was anything wrong with justice. It was just that Matthias was a little more qualified. That's all. So how do we take these ideas and apply them in the current situation? Whether we're talking about the presidential election, the national elections, the state elections, local elections, you're hiring someone at work, you're electing officers at church or in a business or in an organization, you're deciding who you want to do the contract work on your house, you're making choices, you're choosing people. It could be who do you want to be your friends, who do you associate with? We have our preconceptions. And we have to be willing to let go of those just like Samuel did. Are you willing to set aside your preconceptions and your opinions and what you think is right and actually listen for God's voice, hear it and obey it like Samuel did when you vote, when you make a choice on who to hire or who to be associated with? King Saul got in trouble because he listened to the people. He was afraid of what the people would think. He wanted to impress people instead of doing what God wanted. Are you impressed with someone's personality? Or are you impressed with what's in their heart? Not the words they say, not the show they put on, and all politicians do put on a show. But what can you discern in their heart? What do their actions really reveal about what's in their heart? What kind of a person are they? God looks on the heart. We need to learn to look with the eyes of God on someone's heart, not with our eyes because we see what we want. There's something much more that God wants for us here. He wants us to live by His principles of love and truth and honesty and uprightness and righteousness in every detail of our life, every facet of what we do. I just want to say, as a litmus test, if you catch yourself Praying to God and saying, God, so and so has to win this election. You're telling God what you want based on your perspective. You're not listening to what God wants. In the Lord's Prayer, we say, Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. When you're telling God what you think has to happen, you're not praying for God's will. You're praying for your own will. And it takes a lot of humility to put all those preconceptions as right and as righteous and as true as you may feel they are in your heart, to set them aside and say, God, show me the heart of these people. Let me see their hearts. And your little voice is kind of come in and try and tell you, and you have to say, no, I'm going to be quiet and listen to God. What's important here is you're listening to God instead of using god to justify your predecided upon choices are we more loyal to a political party or are we more loyal to god's laws of love and truth and honesty and integrity so with the approaching election here in the united states or in your own country as elections come up or if you happen to listen to this episode another time Think about where someone's heart is when you're choosing who you want to be your leaders, whether it's at the very top or the smallest position in a town government. Maybe the first place we need to start is with our own heart. We need to get our own heart right with God before we can discern other people's hearts, because if we're not close to God, we are going to be influenced by all the other voices out there. Whether it's a particular news media, whether it's other politicians, whether it's our family and friends, people at church, people at work, we are bombarded with all these different conflicting voices. But when you get your heart right with God, you will hear the voice of God much more clearly. Can God say of us as he did of David that we are after his own heart? What is the heart of God? We should stop and ponder that. What is the heart of God? It is pure, unadulterated, unconditional love. It's truth itself. There's no deceit. There's no deception. There's no darkness there. It's all good, and it's powerful, and it's righteous. So that's what I'm encouraging you to do. Get your heart right with God, and you will see much more clearly the hearts of those that you are choosing. Thank you so much for being here today and listening. I really appreciate you being a part of this community. This is something that's very dear to my heart, and I hope that you found it helpful. If you can think of anyone that needs to hear this message, please share it with them. And if you haven't subscribed yet, you can do so on my website, thebiblespeakstoyou.com forward slash podcast. You'll see a little blue box. Fill that out with your name and email. You'll get a confirmation email to prove you're not a robot. And then you'll be on the email notification list and you'll never miss an episode. This is episode 49. And so if you'd like to see all the Bible verses that I've quoted today... Go to thebiblespeakstoyou.com forward slash 049. As I said at the beginning of this episode, the one-year anniversary for the Bible Speaks to You podcast is coming up in October. We're in the middle of September right now. Please take a moment to respond to the email you get for each new episode or go to the website to the contact tab, thebiblespeakstoyou.com, and click the contact tab. Let me know something that's been helpful you've heard in the podcast. Share an idea that you were able to take and put into practice in your own life and how it's made a difference. And then I'm going to share those on a future episode. Again, I want to thank you for tuning in. I appreciate you so much. If you have any questions or comments, please be in touch. I'd love to hear from you. That's it for today. Again, I want to thank you for listening. I'm James Early with the Bible Speaks to You podcast. Have a great week We'll see you next time. God bless.